When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's welcome back Coach Guglielmo. He's the head coach at Carthersville High School. Uh, coach, welcome back. You're you're getting up there on probably most returners, I think. You're getting up there. Shoot, Coach Steve. The first time I was on, you were just getting this thing rolling. I was. And I'm still a nobody. Not much has changed. I'm still a nobody in Illinois. But yeah, I had um, Coach Carrick on. He runs the Flexbone 101 YouTube I think he's like, am I the most? I think he's been on four or five times. And I was like, yeah, I think I think you're one of the guys. Because he's like, Steve, you had nothing on your back wall. Now you've got pictures. Yes. <laughs> and I've got two screens. You're on my second screen. I got two screens. I got a, a camera. It's all. Shoot, I was pre-fancy microphone. Yeah, and you were big-time Division three coach. And now you're even a bigger-time high school coach now. See, we've all we've all changed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, is this your second season or your third season here? This is my second season here. Okay, so how'd the first season end up, like in the fall? Um, I think we made some big strides forward. Um, we had some adversity during the year. Um, starting quarterback got injured week one in the third quarter, uh, and he probably would have been a player of the year for the area finalist. Um, we had some community adversity happen, um, but – what I'll give the kids is we took a big stride forward. Um, some guys really emerged. I mean, we had a kid who his freshman year was a stud and in the second year as a sophomore was first team all state wide receiver. Um, and record improved, um, community involvement improved, which is huge. Um, numbers improved definitely. So we're trending in the right direction going into year two of my time here. I was, I was happy with last season. There's a there's one game that kicks that I lose sleep about at night. Um, but when your freshman running back averages 6.8 yards a carry, I mean, I have nothing to complain about going into year two. Yeah, as a freshman, that's great. Like for a varsity game, varsity season, who he must be a stud. Yeah, he's a beast. Um, he he didn't start early. Um, we had an injury to our senior running back, and then we put the ball in his hands, and he just – we changed our run game from zone to gap, and we do a lot of gap read, uh, gap RPOs now, and um, he's just – I mean, he struggled in the zone scheme, but all of a sudden we had counter in our offense, and 
we didn't really call it because our other running back could run the zone. So when he got hurt and we put Sammy in and Sammy was kind of struggling with that zone scheme type thing, I think he needed that clear defined aiming point where, Mm -hmm. yes, you have an aiming point inside zone, outside zone, but it's very ambiguous. Um, There's too many options. So once we went to counter and our offensive line started clicking, um, shoot, he, I mean, the first time he ran counter, he busted a 30 yard run. And I was like, okay, like, well, let's just keep running this. Um, I don't care about anything else. Let's just run the run the rock. And he and counter saved our season. And we're talking counter tray, GT, Redskin counter. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I going into this fall, we we took a big step forward in our coaching staff. We brought back a what uh, defense coordinator, the coach here in the past. He won, I think, eight district titles. Um, our D-line coach is a guy that coached here for years, and he was a college All-American at Eureka. Um, I promoted my offensive line coach to offensive coordinator, and he's done a fantastic job. Um, our coaching staff took a big step forward going into this fall. Um, our culture took a big step forward, so I'm pretty excited to see. We have our little scrimmage day coming up at the end of the month with two teams from Tennessee, so we'll see how um, we'll see how our summer panned out. Um. How much time are you guys allowed in the summer? I forget what it's like 20, down there. 20 padded football bits. Okay. Um, I just had Banster on this morning and I was asking him, I think they have like, his is weird. His is like 18, but like it's defined differently. And I'm like, yeah, we get 25. Like Illinois gets 25, but you're battling basketball. You're battling travel baseball, which I think is stupid. I, I can't stand well, it. We do the same thing, but Lamont and I, our, our basketball coach, he and I work together. Uh-huh. So when I make the summer schedule, I put our summer schedule out in January. So as soon as the season ends, I'm already working on the summer schedule. So he and I have already had discussions about how the summer schedule is going to change for us, and he takes advantage of those days. And in summer baseball, I started working with the guys that run that league. So we're all kind of just working together. So I don't really have to battle those guys as much. Because I, we work together on the summer schedule and understand that these are the days that I want them, these are the days I want them, these are the days I want them. So the kids really don't have to miss much of anything if uh-huh. they choose to do multiple things in the summer. Yeah, our, our high school basketball coach is good about it. We just do a lot for basketball because his fundraiser is hosting the shootouts because we have a field house. So his fundraiser is for our school. I'm going to host the shootouts which are a lot, but if you think about it, you bring seven teams in and they, you charge them 100 200 bucks. I mean, that's that's a good amount of money, which we work together. It's just the travel baseball is just outrageous in Illinois. We can't keep up with what team is who, you know, and the travel baseball. And I love keeping kids active in the summer. I'm not a huge baseball fan, and my kids know that. My offense coordinator is the head of baseball coach, and I've told him that at night. Um, <laughs> So don't people that are listening don't think I'm a baseball hater. I still support the kids that play it, but they, they play a lot of damn games. Yes, yes. Like I'm like wow, and I I understand it's not as physically demanding as football to an extent, but it's still demanding on their body. And I'm like, they'll play eight games a week, mm-hmm. and I appreciate that. Trust me. But those kids need the kids that play football and basketball. Um, baseball all at once need to find time to like decompress. And I think our kids have done a really good job of that and taking the weekends to really like do nothing. 
but we have a big pickleball problem. Oh. Um, our kids love to, our kids love to go play pickleball. I'll drive by the pickleball courts at like ten, and I'm like, go home. <laughs> That's awesome. awesome. I can't, I can't, I can't complain them being busy playing sports. I, I think it's awesome. But those baseball players, they, they go through. They play a lot of games. They do. It's because I coach baseball too. Like I coach it, and I'm just the freshman B, and we got 20 games in this year, which is a lot. But varsity gets in a lot, and so my whole mindset is. If you're a varsity team and you get 30-some games in, then you just go right into summer and you play more? Like, that's my that's why I think I hate it because my mind is different. Because I played all the sports in high school, and I can tell you this. I love fo- – football was the favorite. But I'll tell you what, when it was done, I didn't miss it for a couple weeks. I was in basketball. I'm like, oh, I get to do something different. And then you get bored of basketball by the time it's ending, and you're like, oh, I get to go do baseball or go do track. But I'm missing football. But you're lifting. You're doing things that are football-related. These kids are like baseball. As soon as it's done, well, I had we have kids doing travel baseball and travel basketball this summer, and doing high school baseball or at basketball and football. And we're like, we're glad you're doing stuff. And we've pulled a couple aside saying, you're going to get worn out, and your body's going to start to break down if you you got to make some decisions of. Which I've one to do. I've changed my lifting for my kids that are very active. And because we've got lifting and practice and da, 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 da. and I've had a change of structure of my lifting for some of those baseball kids and really starting in July, because now we're gearing up like yeah. July, July is a sprint. Like we've got a seven on seven tournament and then we've got a three way football day. Football day. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to have to structure those baseball kids a little different because I need them fresh mm-hmm. like i want them to be able to perform at a high level and i don't want them to take anything away from anything mm-hmm. but i'll concede a little bit in the lifting aspect and change the workout a little bit because i have the means to do it and the equipment to do it thankfully just so they can maintain and get a little stronger without really breaking that body down where some of the guys that are just playing football you can you can push them hard mm-hmm. because they do have that recovery time and but ice baths are huge. We have whirlpool. Um, I open that thing up all the time, and we have two huge black tubs outside that are ice baths. We got to make sure they're eating right and mm-hmm. drinking water and Gatorade and H or liquid IV to keep them hydrated. And we just take a more progressive step towards that here, which I'm glad we do, and I'm glad we have the means to do. Yeah, our head, our head football coach kind of conceded. And we were like, you know what? We go four or five days a week in the past. He goes three. We're going to have three days a week. And mm-hmm. it's going to be Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So guess what? You got to travel for baseball or basketball. You have Friday through Monday. You know, now if kids reach out and there's a ton of them and they're like, hey, we want to lift Monday. Then our strength coach lives in the town. He's like, I'll open it up. But so many of you have to tell me that you want to do it. Then we'll open it up. But that's how he conceded, quote unquote, was like, you know what? Our head coach has four kids. He's like, you know what? I miss them growing up in the summer. If you guys want to do all this, guess what? Three days a week. But guess what? During those three days, is going to be intense. And by what we mean by intense is, it's got to be perfect. Because guess what? We only have three days. Mm-hmm. And then, and then it has to be efficient. Yeah. And then in Illinois, the last week of July and August is a dead week. We can't do anything. So then it's like, then you get that whole time off. You have this whole week off too for Fourth of July. Then you get that week off, and then when August seventh hits, like we got to see what you're made of and hopefully you got something from it, but 
it's so weird to have three days a week. I, you know, playing and coaching in the back in the day, I'm used to four or five days. Now we're down to three, and I'm like, I don't know what to do with myself on Fridays and Saturdays or Mondays. I'm like, hmm, I don't know what to do. It's like a summer. I'm like, is this what teachers really do? I don't know. Like the normal teacher, I don't know what they do. I don't know either. I don't know how they do it either. Because I think since high school, I've done everything in the summer. I've never had, besides COVID, COVID was that first time where it was like nothing. But yeah, I don't know what they do. I'm like, am I supposed to go on vacation? Am I supposed to just sit at home and catch up on Netflix or... But you still find something to do with football. You call the coaches or you're you're looking at something or, you know, we're having a panic attack right now because, well, not a panic attack. Our quarterback's not going to come play. He's a senior. He's decided not to play. He's going to do baseball. And we're like, good luck to you. We hope the best for you. But now we're trying to be like, holy shit, who are we going to play at quarterback? And do we have to change our offense like like that? Shoot, quarterback competitions are the worst. Oh. Um, We've got three kids duking it out right now, and I haven't made a decision yet. And I think I don't want to make a decision. My plan was to make a decision in June. Um, but no one's really separated themselves from the pack yet. Mm-hmm. So I was like, we still have July. Like We still have a seven-on-seven tournament. We still have a scrimmage. Mm-hmm. So I want to make sure that we make the right decision. Right. And I don't want to rush it. And I know it messes with timing and this and that and the other thing, but I would rather work on that timing starting August 7th in those 15 practices I have before the first game mm-hmm. than to rush it, make the wrong decision, and then the timing doesn't matter. Right, right. That's what we're doing. We've got a junior that played a little bit of JV quarterback, but he was our starting safety as a sophomore last year who's a junior. We have a junior who is volunteering to go play quarterback. He's like, if you need a quarterback, I am going to sacrifice everything and do it for you. And we're like, we like that. And then we got two sophomores. One was the starting quarterback last year as a freshman, broke his foot, second and third game of the year. Then we had, and then the guy that played quarterback wants to be quarterback. So we're like, oh, so we got two juniors and two sophomores that are trying to figure this out. And we don't want to play the sophomores because we're trying to be like, do we want to put them in that situation right now? Can they mentally handle it? Or do we put in the two guys, but they're better throwers, or do we put in the two guys that are like, yeah, we may have to be a run-oriented team big time this year. So that's why like, we're not panicking, but we're like, oh, we may have to be, because we were like a quote-unquote spread team. We may have to be pistol or something now. Like we may have to just completely shift. We're calling ourselves right now a power spread. We're in a very similar situation. I have a sophomore that played JV quarterback for me last year. I've got when our quarterback went down. I've got the quarterback that we put in last year towards the end of the year, um, and then I have my all-state wide receiver playing quarterback a little bit too. So we'll see kind of how that competition. They all have qualities, yeah. And if I could combine all three of them, like if there was a physical way to just like yeah. mush all the kids together and make a super quarterback, that'd be great. Um, and they're all growing in the areas that another person does better. Like they're all improving every day, but one of them just needs to just, yeah. I mean, just make, and I hate being selfish, make our lives easier and just run away with that. That's it. But that competition, that quarterback competition for every coach and ever that has a quarterback competition, that's a 
tough competition in oh, there. Yes, it is. Like, and it's hard because one kid might be better at this or better at this or better at this or better at this. And do we add these plays in? Do we add this plays in? Do we alter this play? Da, 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 da. So I know that one of them will lead the pack here. And thankfully, all three of them can do something else for mm-hmm. us. Like, they won't sit the bench because they're not playing quarterback. Uh-huh. Uh, but that quarterback spot is, as every coach knows, is the most vital spot in the field. And that, that competition is legit. Yeah. I had this one time in my life. I was a 25 year old OC and I had a quarterback battle going on. Do I pick the, the senior or the junior? And every coach was telling me to pick the junior, but I liked the senior. And so I was like, the senior is going to start. Week three breaks collarbone. I was like, well, shit, maybe, you know, whatever. I felt bad after that. But um, we're in a similar situation. We have one sophomore quarterback. We want him to play sophomore ball. He's your spread quarterback. Like, he can throw it. He's got good mechanics. We were at this seven-on-seven tournament, and this Rochester and Illinois coach, Derek Leonard, was mm-hmm. like, hey, that I talked to him. I was like, he's like, that kid can throw. He's like, that kid's got good mechanics. I'm like, if you have the Derek Leonard stamp of approval – you, you're doing okay. But we want him to play sophomore ball. The other sophomore, he can kind of throw it, but can he handle the pressure? And he's more of a runner. Then the junior, he's a runner. He can throw short game, but he can run. So we're like, oh, do we need to go triple option? Do we need to do whatever? So it's just, like you said, we all they can all do something. They can all like do something for you, but we're trying not to do the sophomores. We're like, you are one year away from being the guys. We got to figure out the juniors. Because that's a big school football problem. Well, I mean, we have school of 2000 kids, but like, I guarantee you have the same amount of varsity kids. Like that's where we're at. Like, yeah, we'll walk in with like 30 varsity players, maybe 40. And that's including the sophomores. That's not a junior senior thing, but it's also the schools we freaking play. That's what we keep thinking about. Like the schools we play, like, I don't know if people have heard of it down or South. They have, three or 4,000 kids. And it's like, well, well, hell, what are you supposed to do with that? Or uh, Coach Grayson, who's big on Twitter, he was coaching a school called Morton. If they're two high schools combined, if they make the playoffs, it's 8,000 kids. So, like, how do you – we have to think that way of, like, we don't want kids playing both ways because then we can't compete, but we have to. So we have the small-town yeah. mindset, but we play big-time schools. Yeah. It's a pain in the ass. That's why this quarterback thing is very, like – do we put a sophomore in and get them possibly killed? But I don't think – our strength will be our O-line. We don't have a big O-line by any means, but I have every single one back, and they're all seniors. And that's that's our situation. We're returning nine, ten stars on both sides of the ball. Mm-hmm. So we're in a situation where we're comfortable in that aspect. Yeah. And we have some good young kids coming up. I mean, our middle school did a really good job last year. I mean, they flipped the script to their program, and, I mean, we got kids up that are freshmen that – are going to make some waves. And I mean, we're just in a, we're in a good spot where we're choosing from good options everywhere. Yeah. We, some people aren't really in that spot. Yeah. We graduated eight seniors, I think. And that was it. Um, yeah. But again, we were expecting this quarterback, 6'3, 210 pound quarterback to come back. Uh, yeah. Goals. Yeah. It's that, that, that hurt. Which we kind of we, – we figured he wasn't going to come back. It was just more of a when were we going to know for sure. But yeah. we, we kept holding out. We knew he'd be gone all summer doing baseball. 
but um yeah it was bad um what was i gonna ask you so the last time you were here you were talking about guys buying into your culture and this whole off season i've tried to think of that word culture um how do you feel that they've bought into like what you were bringing like do you feel like they've got it now is it to where the older guys can tell the younger guys like this is how it rolls this is how we do it um i stepped back from the word culture um and we changed the mindset to a growth mindset. And yes. the reason I did that was, ah, uh, you come in with all these ideas. Uh-huh. I want to do this, 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 and this. But you're talking, you're telling these teenage kids to completely do something completely different. And what last year I thought, I think my ideal program we're getting towards um, accountability wise. Like, we haven't had a discipline issue all summer. We've had, like, three kids be late for practice huh. out of 11 practices, and that's including – they're all freshmen. Uh-huh. And they all, had, they all had a reasonable excuse. Like, that's the kind of stuff that we want to get towards. And the reason I say I got away from trying to instill a real – the culture aspect to I want to have a growth mindset is every day if we can institute one thing to make us better or every year institute five, six things to make us better. Like, at the end of last year – we had a whiteboard in my office and all the assistants that were returning went in there and we plastered that whiteboard with things that we need to do to get better. And the title of the board was how to win a district title. And naturally that's the first step of our goal is to win the district title. But we evaluated our program last year and they evaluated me. And I mean, look, you can't have thin skin and be a head coach. Like you're going to have people question you all the time, but I wanted the staff and thankfully I have the right guys on staff that'll say, okay, this is what we need to change. This is what we need to look at. This is, but also having a mindset of don't bring up a problem unless you have a solution. Uh Like we, there's a million problems in this world that we could all complain about, but if you don't have a solution, you're just adding to the problem. Right. So as we did that and we identified areas that we needed to get better, how are we going to make it better? And we took that board and like our locker room was perfect right now. Last year was a disaster at some times. Like we don't have to bring the kids in and clean the locker room anymore because the floor is clean. Uh-huh. Every single weight's always put away. And that's a huge step forward for our kids. Like the, when we feed them, they say thank you to the mom's club. Uh-huh. Like, and those are little things you don't think about. But moms go, oh, they all said thank you to them. Yeah. Or when we tell the freshmen, it's freshmen due to pick up the field, just by tradition, when the older kids are helping, that's a win. Yeah. Like, we we want to instill a culture, yes, but we want to have a mindset that every day we're going to get better at something. Mm-hmm. And look at it more as a growth aspect. That's why when we do our lift testing, we're not celebrating numbers, we're celebrating growth. Right. Like, Oscar, you went up 35 pounds in your deadlift. Great job. That's, that's a growth. We're, we're in a growth mindset. Like our team GPA last year was like a 2.84. I want that to be a 2.94. Uh-huh. And then the next year, 3.04. And then if we think about growth instead of being so rigid and demanding and changing the culture, then you can celebrate the little things. Uh-huh. Hey, that locker room looks great. Coach Middleton's in charge of locker room, offense coordinator. That's his job. He's in charge of making sure the locker room. Coach Pender's job is the equipment room, all the 
DFO type duties. And if that stuff looks good, that's a win for the kids. And that's mm-hmm. a win for the coach. Growth mindset over that we all want to change that culture. And I think I think framing it as a growth mentality has really helped us here. I like that term because I kept saying the word culture and then going into the baseball season, I started to think about it and I'm like, what what the hell does that mean? Like we all it's a word that gets thrown around. And I talked to uh, Coach Rodriguez, the online coach at Akron yesterday morning. He said that too. He's like, that's a loosely used term. And we discussed what that means. And I thought about it. I'm like, why can't we just strive to do the right things and be good people? And, you know, if that's your culture, cool. But like, it's a word you hear on ESPN and they talk about NFL coaches and college coaches. What's the culture? I'm like, you can't sit there and tell me that every coach walks in and wants something different. We all say the same thing. But it's like, how, but how do you do it? Some coaches care about winning more, so they're going to sacrifice way uh, more stuff than everything else. Some coaches believe if we are good people, take care of the locker room, say thank you, we do these things, we do these things, those leads to the wins that you're trying to achieve to. And that's what I think that is. If you want to say culture, great. I'm not going to dismiss somebody saying the word culture, but it's like, do you even know what that means? Like, what what is that? What do you mean by when you say the word culture? Like, you know, so I like that growth mindset term because everybody has something different. I like that term. It's a good term. It gets you towards your goal. Right. And I described one year when I was coaching goal setting to a kid. I was like, it's like a train in New York City. And first off, my sister works in fashion in New York City. I don't know how she does it. Not in this <laughs> lifetime. Um, she's living her dream naturally. Um, but when she takes a train home to Brooklyn every day, there's multiple stops and then you have your starting point, which is where she works. And then her end point, which is Brooklyn, but she has to stop five or six times on the way. And that's how, if that's how goal setting is, that's how the ambiguous word of culture, we want a better culture. Well, what do you want better? And I was one of those guys. It's like, this is a culture I want. And, Uh And I took a step back and I'm like, I learned something from, my goods and bads of hiring and decision-making from last year. And I keep a notebook of things, decisions I make and why, and I read up through them all the time. And I'm like, okay, this, 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 and this, um, how can I be better? Uh And how can we be better? And it's like, if we take a step forward every year and we make better decisions every year and we do this every year and everybody wants to win a state championship overnight. And that's quite frankly, that's just not how it works. And changing your culture it's not going to happen overnight, but if you grow and grow and grow and grow and grow, then you actually find yourself in the place where you want to be. Mm-hmm. Well, cause that culture is the standard too. Like you have to have like, what's the standard? Like, how is this? And I was talking to a coach yesterday, like 25 year old head offense coordinator. I'll never forget our running back that day was just in a mood. He was just in a mood. He did something to make the running back coach mad. He told the kid to run around the track. The kid said no and started to like walk. He comes over and he goes, can I kick this kid out of practice? And I said, sure. Like, if he ain't going to – if he don't want to be here, then don't be here. So he did. He kicked him out. He drove to the soccer game to watch the soccer game. And we all came in after the game – or after practice. The head coach was like, what do we want to do? All of us said, if he comes back tomorrow, which was a Thursday, he doesn't play in the game. They're like, hey, you're – you know, we all said if you do these things, there's consequences. If you're not going to live up to standards – there's consequences. There's trade-offs. The trade-off is you left. The trade-off is you can't play. Yes. So he comes in. The kid apologizes to all of us. And we said, thank you for apologizing. 
blah, blah, blah. The head coach goes, yeah, so I think we should just sit him the first quarter. And we were like, no, no, don't play him. Well, it's our rival week, blah, blah, blah. And like, I'm the only one not born and raised from this freaking town. And I said, no, I don't care if it's the rival game. I really don't care. I don't care. And he goes, why? And I said, if we play him at any point in the game, that tells the other kids, I could tell a coach to F off and this, this, and that, like, and then I can still play. Yep. So I said, if he gets in on offense, I will not call a play. I will stand there and take a delay a game. I will not call a freaking play. So he didn't play offense the whole night, but he played defense. And so I was like, okay, you're the head coach. You make the decisions, whatever. And I always think back to that. Like I was 25 years old and I'm telling a 40 some year old, like how it needs to be done. And I'm like, well, that's, if that's your cult, if that's, I don't even want to say the word culture. If that's what your program is, that's what your standard is fine. But I'm not a part of it. And that was like my downfall. That was when we finally started butting heads. And I was like, I can't be a part of that because then the next season, a kid threw a punch in the game, went right back in the game. And I'm like, no, that kid should not be out there. Like, that's not the standard. That's not the way you're supposed to act. We benched our Z receiver for a quarter. Our thing is if you miss something, you miss a quarter of a game, whatever. Right. He, he missed something. And I, every coach has a moral dilemma. <laughs> do I play him or do I sit him for the quarter? It's just a quarter. And then if we were playing a team, we could beat without him. Like, yeah. And I was like, all right, well, I guess he's out for the quarter. And he understood. Mm-hmm. He got it. I mean, he was mad at me. He's fine now. He graduated. But sometimes you have to. I mean, if you're going to make a, and that's what I, and I tell, we sit in these district leadership meetings or these building leadership meetings and we have teachers that always want to make a new rule or I'm like, you know, the more rules we have, the more we got to enforce. Mm-hmm. And that's not because I don't want to enforce it. I'll, for, I'll do whatever you guys tell me to do. It's like, but the more you, the more rules you make, the more rules you have to enforce. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you make a rule about them talking below over a certain decibel in the hallway, which isn't real, it's just, uh, you know. Yeah like me being dramatic, but you have to walk around with the decibel meter and <laughs> like find the kid that's talking too loud. Like, yeah. Or you teach them or we work as a district and our district does a really good job of it, of teaching what we want attitude and behavior wise in the district and holding the kids to that standard and da, 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 da. And that's the same thing. We don't have a ton of team rules. Like there's like 10. And most of them are mission rules. Mm-hmm. Be a good person. Show up on time. Work hard. Yeah, you don't need. You can fall into. You don't like these. Some of these coaches have a rule book like this thick, and I'm like, dang. It's like I don't even want to read that. That's like the NCAA like, book right there. Like you don't want to know all uh, that. Like the mission guidelines. I'm like, dang. This thing's like this freak. I was like, who reads this? Like, what poor person had to edit this thing? Well, and how it's many? Like of the, how many of those rules are the same? Like just, just said differently. A lot. And that's the same thing with a lot of things. It's like be a good person. My first head coach I coached for had like two rules. Like be a good person and do others to you that you want done to yourself or something like that. Mm-hmm. And what it does is it gives you like a flexibility for a teaching thing. And then not every rule you break has to be punitive. Mm-hmm. Like you can have a conversation and describe why that action was bad. Like you don't have to bench a kid every time he cusses. Like, you make them do a 25 push-ups, and you say, hey, this is the reason. Like, we – Coach Middleton's sons come to practice, and we don't want to hear – have him here. That 
this, this, this. And look, I last year I got flagged and I got flagged for the first time as a coach because I <laughs> lit this guy up. And Brian Gunnels, like, and I ran for it. By the way, <laughs> wasn't fast, but I ran for that fifteen yard penalty. So this year I was like, you know what? I'm not going to yell, scream, and cuss at these kids. I let them fly sometimes. Don't get me wrong. That's every coach. I let, them, I let one fly. Mm-hmm. But I've changed kind of my tune where is it really produ- – and that flag made me realize, is it really productive to have straight hissy fits and cuss and scream and yell and da-da-da? No, it's not productive. Productivity is – now there's times where I do yell at a kid. Don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. but there's no reason that I need to go around screaming at kids anymore and all that stuff because – it just makes them scared to make a mistake. Yeah. If you're scared yeah. to make a mistake, you're never going to play. Now, will I yell at a kid for making a mistake? 110%. Mm-hmm. Will I carry on and carry on and carry on? No, not anymore. No. They'll just be like, they'll be like, Steve, dang it. Next, like, we wanted, it was like, we want to do this in this situation. It's like, that out needs to be flat off the break. Mm-hmm. That slant needs to be this off the break. That, power step needs to be here that skip pull needs to be here that drop needs to be here like i don't know it's actually calmed me down a lot now that i don't have now that i kind of changed my ways of jumping up and down screaming yelling to actually speaking to a kid and asking what they saw or whatever i think it's helped them kind of play a little bit smoother i did the same thing uh during basketball my heart rate got up to like 180 during a basketball game and I, because my watch was going off, I was like, somebody call me. I'm like, I'm coaching. And I looked down and my watch was trying to tell me, like, you probably should be having a heart attack. I think it was like freaking out. And then I was sitting there watching the next basketball game and it was still, my resting heart rate was 180. And I'm like, this isn't good. So going into football, I was like, you know what? I'm still going to get after it. Like, there's times you have to. But like you said, I'm not mm-hmm. going to freak out on a kid unless they tell me to F off. If a kid turns to me and gives me attitude. Yeah, there might be the old school that comes out. But, like, I told the lineman, you're going to get minimal reps because I'm not going to kill you. You got to strive to be perfect. We got to get these reps down. I'm going to film it. We're going to fix it later. I'm going to say the same thing you do. Like, hey, that gallop was – you just ran to him. You didn't gallop or whatever. Like, I'll say that, but I'm not going to live on it. We did our inside run period for the first time last week. I didn't freak out. I just said, hey, if somebody wants to block the linebacker today, that'd be great. Like, if you want to get there, that'd be awesome. Like, that type of stuff. But, like – I'll still get after it. Like, we all have to coach loudly, I guess. But yeah, I'm the same way. I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to freak out, uh, you know, because I have to tell the kids, too, like, well, if you blocked him not using the right technique, I'm so proud of you that you blocked him when we got three yards out of it, you know? So that way they're not afraid to make that mistake. Like, hey, you yeah. did, you still did it, but now imagine if you did it my way. Now, there's coaches out there that talk crazy. Like, they say some outlandish stuff. Uh-huh. And... That's never been me. I'm just loud. But, and I'm just, I mean, I'm from New York, so I'm just naturally going to be loud. Um, But it's just the yelling. Last year, like all through my career, even as an offensive line coach, I was a yeller. I'd throw my hat, stuff like that. And I just, when I got that flag, I was like, you know, this is never really productive for anybody. And and if that's your style as a coach, do you. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to hate on your style. I just, as a head coach now and as someone that has to run a program and see things from a different light and make decisions and all that stuff, um, me yelling and screaming and jumping up and down during games and stuff like that, it's not as productive as 
hey, Coach Middleton, we got to look at this. When the kid comes off, say, hey, what did you see here? Why would you make this decision? Because I'm coaching quarterbacks now, which is very out of character for me. <laughs> uh, I'm like, what would you see here? Now, if you're not doing something over and over and over and over, I might get on your case a little bit. Right. And there's always going to be the yell, but it's just creating that creating that thing where you're held accountable. Because I have a coach of my staff that's a yeller, but he's not belittling yelling. And none of us really have been since, and neither was I. But that's just, he's just a yeller. Mm-hmm. They're like, dang, boy, you got to do this, 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 this. Big, you know, big joker from Carlsville. And yeah. he's a hell of a football coach, and that's just who he is. And and maybe yelling and jumping up and down and screaming is, is who I was. But for me and my style and my position right now, of course I'm going to yell and jump up and down sometimes, but having a more level-headed thing when I coach a kid, these kids are different than they were even when I played, which was, I mean, now I'm getting up there, but like having a having an environment where, shoot, if I make a mistake, I'm going to get coached on it. It might be loud, but I, you can't be afraid your entire life to go out there and make a mistake because you're never going to be successful. Right. That's really what it comes down to. I'm that coach that says outrageous things, but my outrageous thing is mine may comes in film film sessions are a blast with me and the linemen because i just say the most outlandish things but i sometimes say it on the field kid blocked really high and i was like you're higher than snoop dog man come on what are you doing or or, or something they love that stuff they do that's funny they do and they're like oh it's coach steve or like what did i say Hey, you're just patty caking it like a prom date. You think you're going to patty cake it? No, I have you have to be full committed like prom night or something like that type of stuff. And I'm like, maybe I shouldn't say that, but I'm just like, I say the most. I'm just, I have a few screws missing somewhere sometimes. Mine are like, it's just, I I just ramble on. Like now, I catch myself talking under my breath a lot because I used to things I would yell like, "Come on." I'm like, <laughs> They're like, what are you talking about? I was like, I'm just talking to myself. Give me a second. Or I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, yeah, most of the time, most of the time, I'm mumbling under my breath. I don't even know what I'm saying. I'm just like, Coach Middleton, my offensive line coach, and my neighbor. Um, he's like, what do you, what'd you say? I was like, <laughs> I was like, just please watch the DN here. I know. Or I'm like, hey, you know how you run to the buffet? Run that way to the linebacker. I'll say that type of stuff. I yeah. do say stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> But in our kid, and I'll give our kids this. I mean, they enjoy like even Coach Sharice, who is our defense coordinator, linebackers, wide receivers, and like he uh, he's a loud, get on your case, hard nosed, old school football coach. The kids love, by the way, I love having him. Um, but even he says some funny stuff a lot. And the kids in that comic break, almost like not everything has to be serious. Like it doesn't have to be. Uh, AP physics serious all the mm-hmm. time. Like, like would you, and my starting wide receiver or, and he's a, the one that's playing a little quarterback right now. I was like, dude, you're the only all state wide receiver in the booth or in the country that drops balls. <laughs> I'm like, dude, you couldn't catch cold in the wintertime. <laughs> and he goes, Oh coach, you know, and you know, like that kind of stuff breaks that comic relief of how intense practice can get. And you want an intense practice. Like, that practice should be harder than a game. But, like, sometimes you just got to lighten up a little bit. And, like, I want to 
like our defense coordinator, he does conditioning because I'm kind of a softy. I don't like to condition very much, but he's not, so he can do it. Um, I know my strengths. I just remember being a fat old lineman and they say conditioning. I'm like, oh. but like we're going to play tag for conditioning one day or we used to play tic-tac-toe in conditioning when I was at Keystone. You know, it's okay to have a little fun. Like mm-hmm. playing football is fun. We can't forget that. You got to go out there and have fun. And nope, and it's not fun getting screamed at. No. But if you have to be held accountable, that's different. Right. Like, if you're acting outlandish and we kick you off the field, that's not going to be a quiet. It's going to be like, get the heck out of here. Bye. I, but you that. have to have that balance in your in your program, I think. Or like for me, if I know I have an extra minute or two, I'm like, okay, you and you, Lyman, you're going to run a route. You have to defend him. I'm going to throw you the ball. I try to have fun because they never get to do that. The Lyman never do it. So I'm like, let's do it. I'm going to throw you a fade. You got to go catch it. You got to defend it. And they love it. They're, and I'm like – all I can throw is a 10-yard fade, guys. I'm an old lineman. All I can do is throw this fade. So you got to run around and get open. And sometimes the head coach sometimes is like, aren't you supposed to be blocking? I'm like, nah, we're having fun. I'm like, hold on a second. I mean, the offensive line job sucks. Like, if it's a bad job, it's like it's like being an accountant. No one ever knows you're there until you do something wrong. Yeah. Like, but you got to have a little fun with those guys. We used to – we used to do some when I when I coached the O line and I have a really good O line coach, so I just I don't even watch them during practice. They're just out there doing their own thing. They they produce so whatever he's doing is good. But we used to do some we used to have fun or like we'd have we'd circle up and have like a roast battle, like they would roast each other or roast <laughs> me or whatever. But I was like, If you roast me, I'm gonna get back on you and I've been talking trash long as you've been alive, so it's like you better you better watch who you're roasting here. But we have and I'm happy with that aspect of our culture is now that we have different coaches and coaches are, and I'm a young head coach, I'm only 30. Um, we, uh, we're trying to find, figure it out kind of who, what kind of coach we are. And, and out on my staff, I'm trying to figure out, you have to have the yeller. You have to mm-hmm. have the crazy guy. You have to have the guy that drinks super black coffee with no creamer. Cause it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Like you have to have all those different kinds of people on your staff to kind of make the staff work. And then, Figuring out because the head coach's job is kind of to fit in where that missing link is. Right. Like if you already have a yeller, you don't need a lot of yellers because then you don't have anybody that can be like, all right, what'd you see? But constructing the staff in a way that the personalities mesh is huge. So you have an O line coach that'll go through pat and go fades with the O line and to kind of, you know, because it's a stressful job. It's mm-hmm. a thankless job. Or the coach who's a yeller and he's got, gosh darn, and we don't really, we don't let custom fly in the program anymore. Well, we never did, but now we're more strict on it. So, um, or like there's a, if someone says like shit and then I have like the stupid story that I tell about the root word of, or the root cause of that word. And then they have to hear a lecture about it for three minutes of me saying, well, the origin of that word is, and they're like, I'd just rather do the push-ups. <laughs> but um, the, to revert back to the question you asked me first, I'm happy with where we're at right now. We've got, we got a rock star staff. Our kids are awesome and they're funny. And there's not – I have not had a bad day this summer because they always put a day – They always, that, there's not a day go by where I'm not laughing in practice because it's something that came out of one of their mouths or something that they did. They're fun. Goofballs. Well, that's good. That makes your summer more enjoyable. And, See, we're in the dead week, and I, I hate dead week. I'm so bored. 
Well, that's yeah, why I cleaned my car. I was like, I'd never clean my car. Oh, no, I live out of my car. I don't even. Yeah. So I was like, I was so bored. I washed my own car. I usually pay the $10 and run that thing through the wash. But now they, I mean, I'm fortunate. I'm thankful. Well, that's why I'm doing podcasts. I'm like, what am I supposed to do this week? Uh, besides 4th of July, like go to the pool. Oh, I'll just talk to coaches all week until we go back next week. I still have Monday. Shoot, when you text, you text me, I was like, deal. Like, <laughs> Let me talk to somebody. Like, we still have Monday. We don't go back till Tuesday. Like, well, we have lifting on Monday, but we don't practice till Tuesday. I'm like, oh. One of the kids asked me, hey, can we practice on Friday? Because I went to the summer baseball game and I was like, no. No, can't. Trust me, I'd love to. Love to. But no. Well, especially because we just got brand new helmets for the varsity team, so they're ready to break those bad boys in. That's always nice. And the varsity, they're white. So varsity gets the white ones. The sophomores and freshmen get the old blue ones. So it's like, hey, you want to earn a varsity spot? You want that white helmet? You want this? And it's like white on the top, and then the very bottom right here that goes around is blue. So it's very different than everything I've ever seen before. But brand new. And I'm like, oh, that costs a lot of money. And he goes, yeah, they're not cheap. Oh, did you get the Axioms or whatever? Yeah, like I don't even know what he got. They're brand new. And he's like, because I was like, did you just send old ones in? They got repainted. He goes, no, these are new. Like, brand new. So the jokers are wrong. Um, yeah, we get, we try to surprise them with new stuff. Like I was telling you earlier, all that gear and stuff from that company, they've done a really good job with us. So... Well, Coach, I know you got to go do something, but I appreciate you coming on and talking a little bit about not the word culture, just other things. That's what I'm more curious about is building a program and getting people to do the right thing. That's all I've been talking to people about is that stuff. I think the big thing is uh, you can't be above doing what – like when I got that 15-yard flag for cussing at a ref, like I ran. I can't be late. I can't do the stuff that these kids can't. I can't go out and be dumb. Like – if you want your kids to do something, they got to see you do it. Right. Right. They got to see you say thank you. They got to see you hold the door open. They got to see you do that. And when it comes down to it, they're going to emulate what you do. So if I don't want kids freaking out, jumping up and down, cussing, doing this, I can't do it. So that's what culture boils down to me. They're, they're going to emulate you. Yeah. I'm trying to do all but, that. It still flies off. It still flies off. And I think every coach, every coach in America, nobody's, look, you see those Division One coaches, their faces are red. You see those high school coaches all the time. I hear some outlandish things. I was like, dang, do I sound like that? Mm-hmm. Like, I know I don't sound that bad. But It's always baseball that humbles me because baseball is not so serious. I don't have to yell. And then I'll hear baseball coaches yelling. And I'm like, wait, do I sound like that during football? That's probably me <laughs> right there. Yeah. I mean, there, and there's also the difference between yelling and just being belligerent. And belligerence is unacceptable in everything. But That's true. That's a whole different thing. Yeah, but I appreciate you having me on. It's been fun. It's been a while. Yeah, it's been a while. Uh, June was busy for me, so that's why. it was. I was at the high school for 12 hours a day, so it wasn't. Shoot, I was teaching summer school. So summer yeah. school and then going from summer school to football. I was teaching math. I was like. Uh, <laughs> just open up your Chromebook and get to this website and do these problems. You're fine. <laughs> Shoot, I wish I could. No, I actually, I both of my degrees have a math base, so I actually enjoyed it. But teaching summer school is brutal. Oh yeah, I haven't done that. I don't, yet. Know, I don't know how the real teachers do it. I say real teachers. But I, I teach PE, so. Oh, <laughs> I don't know how they teach math for real. <laughs> yeah. 
but no, I appreciate I mean, it. I, I, I have the greatest job ever. I, I, I'm a head football coach. I'm a PE teacher. I my office is in the field house in the weight room. So, oh yeah, like I love the dream. You're yeah, you're literally living the dream. Oh yeah, I have no complaints, not at all. No, you're you're living everybody's dream right there. Oh, you mean you get paid to do this? Yep. I get paid to play pickleball with kids. Sure. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Sure. It's, if it's a game I like, I play gym all day. I go home sore as hell. But or they challenge you to badminton. Like, all right, I got to show you how to play. Yeah. Oh, I'm good. Now there are things they beat me in, and I won't do that with them ever. <laughs> I won't. You can't look bad. I can't. I won't sacrifice my pride. Hey, you want to play this? Them. Nah, you guys got it. No, I, I'm sore today. I I got I did a thing. I mowed my lawn and I twist my ankle or something. That's what I do. Like, oh, you want to play me in basketball? Sure. And then they say, you want to play volleyball? No, you're okay. I'm not doing that. My my old line coach is this. He's an old lineman. By trade, he's a stud at basketball. He'll play any kid. I do I'm too. Like, I will play anybody. I won't. I, I'm awful at basketball, so I, I know my strengths. Oh, I call it the whole football team. If they if I see him shooting, I'm like, man, it's it's so awesome. And they go, what's awesome to be the basketball best basketball player when I walk in the gym when you guys are here? And they go, oh, Some, da, 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 da. we're gonna have a three on three tournament in June with the football team and. I'm going to split some old linemen up with some of the good kids. <laughs> I know they all want to, they do want to play me one-on-one. I'm like, if I play one-on-one, I can't do it back-to-back. It has to be one today and one two days from now so I can relax. That like, I'll play you, I'll play Monday and Thursdays. The rest of the time I got to relax. What do you mean? I'm like, well, right. you're old. Let me know. Yeah, shoot. When you start feeling the injuries that are happening now, let us know. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you. I know you got stuff to do. I appreciate you coming back. Always. I, I always have a good time. Thank you very much. Thank you.